Tonight, I want you to turn with us into the Gospels. We want to read tonight. Put your marker in Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23, verse 26, we'll begin reading there. We'll read there in a few moments. Also with this, I want to read uh, a couple of verses in Matthew 27. And also, I want to read in Mark 15. Uh, in just uh, a few verses in each one of these, I want to look at a character tonight by the name of Simon of Cyrene. And uh, it's on my heart to preach from uh, this uh, life as it's revealed to us in the Gospels, in the Synoptic Gospels. John does not refer to Simon, but Matthew, Mark, and Luke do. And we want to look at him tonight and see what the Lord would have for us. You pray the Lord to help us. Will you please do that? Uh, let's stand together for a moment and let me read the Word of God in your hearing tonight. We'll start with Matthew 27, and I'll read a couple of verses there, verse 31. And after they had mocked him, speaking of Christ, they took the robe off from him and put his own raiment on him and led him away to crucify him. And as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross. Now in the book of Mark chapter 15 and verse 20, Mark 15, 20. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple from him and put his own clothes on him and led him out to crucify him. And they compel one Simon of Cyrene, Simon a Cyrenian, who passed by coming out of the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear his cross. So Mark gives us a little more information about Simon. And then in Luke chapter 23, and I'm going to read several verses here and we can sit down and we'll pray and try to give you what the Lord's put on our heart. Verse 26. And as they led him away, they laid hold upon Simon, a Cyrenian, coming out of the country, and on him they laid the cross that he might bear it after Jesus. And there followed him a great company of people, of women, which also bewailed and lamented him. But Jesus, turning unto them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, Weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming in the which they shall say, Blessed are the barren that, uh, and the wombs that never bear and the paps which never gave suck. Then shall they begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things in a green tree, what shall be done in the dry? And there were also two other malefactors led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots and the people stood beholding and the rulers also with them derided him saying, he saved others, let him save himself. If he be the Christ, the chosen of God. 
And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar and saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And a superscription was also was written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. Thank you. You may be seated. Let's seek the Lord's face in a moment of prayer and ask for his help tonight. Our Heavenly Father, I bow in your presence and just want to thank you for this good day, Lord. And oh God, how you've moved and blessed. Lord, you're still God. You've not changed. And I pray you'd help us tonight, Lord. We certainly need you, God. Without you, we're nothing, Lord. I come in your presence. I ask you to search me out. Purge me from anything about us that would grieve or hinder the working of the Holy Ghost. And I'm praying, God, I plead the blood of Jesus over this service. And God, I ask you, uh, Lord, right now to drive back every opposing force of the world, the flesh, and the devil. And somehow or another, let the Holy Ghost uh, bring us, Lord, uh, into this scene that is before us in the Word of God. And let us, Lord, feed our souls and learn some wonderful uh, truths that are presented here in your blessed word. Now, Lord, I need help to get it out. And, Lord, these folk need help to get it in. And so help them and help us. And in everything, may you be glorified. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Simon, the of Serene called to compel and compelled to carry the cross of Christ. Here he is from the northern part of Africa. Some people think he was a black man. Not necessarily. There was a great amount of population of Jews who were scattered about through the Roman Empire in those days. And uh, there in the city of Cyrene, my friend, there was a, a great amount of Jews living in that area. But he could have been a black man because there were black Jews. You do remember that uh, Moses uh, uh, married an Ethiopian, do you not? And possibly even Solomon was married to some Ethiopian women as well. And there were other tribes in Israel who were, who even now have, uh, who claim to be Israelites, who are uh, black folk. And I want to say this, that God's not a racist, hallelujah. And uh, I loved old brother Ridges Sadler just as much as it I do any white brother there is. I'll tell you what, I'm glad when we get home, hallelujah, the only thing that's gonna matter is our, hey, hey, that Jesus is Lord of all. And I bless his name. But I wanna talk about Simon of Serene. Now let's get into the story tonight and let me just quickly point your attention to what is here before us. Number one, let me say a word about the season here that we see Simon coming on the scene. It is the Passover time. The Paschal Feast, my friend, there were uh, Jewish folk would come uh, from all over the Roman Empire. Uh, some would travel, my friend, for weeks to be able to get there. Uh, in fact, uh, Simon himself had traveled eight 
hundred miles to be able to attend this celebration. And it was a big deal for the Jews who were in the dysphoria, who lived in other parts of the country or in other parts of the world to be able to come and uh, to attend uh, this uh, most precious feast of Israel, the Passover feast. And so he had made the long trek. It would have been two weeks of sailing and then two days of walking for him to be able to get to the feast. And I'm telling you what, it was certainly a time I'm sure he was looking forward to. His family, I don't know if they accompanied him or not. Probably they did. And my friend, it had been a long trek and a long journey. Oh, but for the Jews, my, this was a red letter day to be able to come into Jerusalem, the city of the great king and there to celebrate the Paschal Feast. And so the season here is the season of Passover. But then I want to say a word about the scene here. The scene here is a scene of the suffering Savior. And Christ, my friend, comes on the scene here. He has been rejected. He's been condemned by crooked courts. He's been abused, beaten, scourged, crowned with thorns, mocked, and my friend, beat nearly to death in the scourging, my friend. And he had lost so much blood in his scourging that his physical body was weakened greatly because of that. But anyway, they laid upon him his cross and led him to Calvary. Now let me read a word of John here and I I want you to get this and put it all together. In John 19, 16, the Bible said, then they, they, they delivered him Then delivered he him, therefore, unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and led him away. And listen at this. And he bearing, look at that, he bearing his cross went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha. The Hebrew word Golgotha is the word, my friend, uh, for skull. The Calvary comes from cranium. Uh, skull, they both mean the same thing. But I want you to see this, that John tells us uh, that Jesus bore his cross. Now let me now I'm going to tie something together. You'll need to listen. I want you to know that the Roman law demanded those, my friend, who had committed such a hideous crime uh, to be crucified that they themselves would bear their own cross to the place of crucifixion. And John tells us here very plainly that Jesus bore, he bearing his cross went forth into a place called the place of a skull. 
Of course, we know as he walked down the Via Dolores, uh, the road leading to Calvary, outside of the city, it was about a half mile trek that he would carry that cross. The scene here. All right now, keeping that in mind, the Roman law demanded the criminal to carry his cross. And I like this. It said he went forth carrying his cross and his cross. It was his. He chose it to be his. Hey, hey, but I should have been crucified and I should have suffered and died. Amen, I should have hung in disgrace, but Jesus, my Lord, took my place. Amen, the scene here, the scene here. Now let me say a word about Simon here. Now Simon, his name means one that hears, one that hears. In the Old Testament, Simeon and Shimeon, same word. Simon, there's several Simons mentioned in the New Testament, I think seven or eight. But here is Simon, one that hears. Also, it means one that hearkens. And so Simon, as we read in Luke, the Bible said here in Luke that Simon coming out of the country. Now, he has made a two-week week trip in a, a sailing at my friend and now he has walked for two days maybe him and his family I, I can see him making that trek my friend from the seaport to Jerusalem and my friend and so he's just coming and he's excited man him and his family probably never got to be there before on Passover time if they had my friend still it was a great time a great celebration a great joy uh, they talked about it they I planned on it. They saved money for a long time to be able to purchase the tickets for the sailing and my friend for the lodging and for taking care of them, my friend, through this long journey. And here he is. I don't know. Maybe they see the city up ahead. And as they look up ahead and see the city of Jerusalem, my, they say, my, it won't be long. We'll be, hey, children, I believe I see the temple, y'all of shining in the sun. Hey, it won't be long that we get to be going into God's city, the city of the great king. And here they are coming out of the country. Now, Matthew tells us, my friend, Luke says that they led him away. They laid hold on Simon of Serena coming out of the country. All right, Matthew tells us that they found a man. And Mark tells us he passed by coming out of the country. Now putting all three of those together, uh, brother and sister, I'll tell you what shows me that they randomly grab this fella out of the crowd. He's coming into town, him and his family, I don't know, by himself, and he's headed toward the temple. And as he comes, uh, uh, my friend, he runs headlong into uh, my friend, uh, a Roman soldier, a band, uh, I'm telling you, leading prisoners uh, to the place of execution. 
He had been around the Roman influence for a long time. It was no pleasant thing. It was nothing, my friend, that he wanted to get involved with. I'm sure he wasn't even thinking about it. And my friend, but here he is and all of a sudden, here comes a Roman, a centurion on the horse. And behind him, my friend, there's a form of a man. His visage was so marred that you couldn't even recognize him as being a human being. And my friend carried an old rugged cross. Oh, yes. Now, I was looking today at the cross. And I want to say this, that Jesus was not a long-haired sissy. He was not a wimp. He was a man's man. And I'm telling you, he was a stout man. And I don't believe he was a weakling. But brother and sister, for him to carry the cross, that cross, the whole cross, weighed somewhere around 175 pounds. Some say all of it together, 300 pounds. I think that may be a little bit more, but somewhere between 150 and 200 pounds was this cross. Uh, about nine to 11 feet uh, tall, uh, wide enough, my friend, to stretch a man's arms on and uh, made out of rough, hewn, green uh, pine and some think cedar, and my friend, and laid about six inches wide and laid on his back and he went forth bearing his cross. And my friend, I don't know if he fell beneath the load. I don't understand all that happened here. But my friend, we come now to see the summons here. The summons here. Matthew and Mark tells us that they nab old Simeon and they compel him. I mean, they force him into service. Luke says they laid hold on one Simon. So I gather from that that they compelled. They just nabbed him. They said, come here. And maybe because he was black. And a lot of time the blacks were associated with servants. Or maybe he was dark skinned. Or maybe he was just a Jew at the wrong place at the wrong time. But he looked pretty strong and stout. And here these Romans, uh, my friend, they nabbed him. And my friend, and they forced him to carry the cross. Now stay real close here. There's no contradictions between the synoptic gospels. Y'all do know what I mean by synoptic? Synoptic gospel is Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all right? They're called that because they write basically about the same things. John uh, writes different stories, but he does write some of the same things, no contradiction in any of it. It all fits together like a beautiful puzzle. All right, so, but there's no contradiction between what Matthew, Mark, and Luke says with John. John tells us Jesus bore his cross, amen, while Matthew, Mark, and Luke tell us that Simon is made to carry it. Now, the explanation, what is the explanation? Did John carry it? I mean, did Jesus carry it like John said? 
all the way? Or did uh, Simon take over? Well, I believe the explanation is really simple. And especially if you'll read Luke. And that's the reason I wanted to keep Luke open. Now look at Luke. Let's look at y'all down there. Look at this book now. Don't take my word for it. Look at this book. Verse 26. And as they led him away, they laid hold upon one Simon of Cyrenian coming out of the country. And on him they laid the cross that he might bear it after Jesus. Now, I don't believe Jesus was a weakling. He had, the Roman law demanded that he carry that cross to the place of crucifixion. I don't know. It could be that he lost so much blood, and I'm sure he did. My friend, he, I'm telling you what, they beat him to a pulp, and as our preacher preached on Monday morning, a lot of men never lived a Roman scourging. Oh no, he was beat, and my friend, he, it was a bloody, bloody scene at the scourging, and a bloody trek all along the way as they walked down, winding through the streets of Jerusalem to the gate of the city, and that half mile trek, my friend, to the old place called Calvary. Maybe as they were going that way, maybe Jesus did fall beneath the load. I don't know if he did. I can't say, but I, I would say this. It's very possible that because of all the loss of blood that he's not moving fast enough uh, to suit those Roman soldiers. And so Simon is enlisted right here. And the language of Luke's account, on him they laid the cross that he might bear it after him, which may in fact suggest this, that Simon carried the back end of the full cross following the Lord Jesus Christ to Calvary. Amen. Jesus had the cross beam and the cross on his back and he's moving but not fast enough. But they nab old Simon and my friend and Simon gets on the back end or gets up there near the Lord. Oh my soul. Hey, 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 hey. Can you imagine what this Jew from Serene was experiencing as they looked in the face of the darling son of God. He saw such a tenderness in his eyes and yet he saw such a determination in his eyes that he's going all the way to Calvary. This is his cross. And so here we got Simon, my friend, that is now compelled to carry the cross. Now think about it for a moment. For Simon, for a moment, think about it. He wasn't planning on this. He'd come to the city for the Paschal Feast. He didn't know, my friend, that the very Lamb of God was right there in front of him. Amen. I'm talking about the Lamb that'll do more than that Passover Lamb of Israel celebration. I'm talking about the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And, and there he is in close proximity of the darling son of God. Oh, my soul. 
He hadn't planned all of this. I was, I, I'm just trying to get inside his mind for a minute. I think about the shame he felt, first of all. The, the shame he felt because to be a part of a Roman execution squad, to be associated with criminals that had, were so guilty of such a high crime to be crucified. You see, crucifixion was the worst of all of those executions. Uh, right, some beheaded was not as bad as crucifixion. Crucifixion was long and drawn out and torturous and the worst of the worst. And here he's having to have a part in that. He don't know what's going on. He, as far as we know, he had never met Jesus. He's coming out of the country. He lived in another part, 800 miles away. He was a Jew probably. And my friend, here he is, all my soul. And now the Romans have got him. He can't fight them off. He has to submit. They compel him. Hey, they had to compel him. And Jesus told if they compel you to go a mile, go twain. And uh, brother or sister, it was very, it was a very ordinary happening in those days for the Romans just to enlist anybody they wanted to and compel them to do something to, to aid Rome. So what shame there was. And then I think about not only what shame he felt, but I thought about what sounds he heard. Remember his name, Simon, one that hears. One that hears. Oh, my soul. He gets there close enough to where he can hear the, my friend, the, the struggling breaths of the Son of God or the groans as he walked or as he walked that way, he heard the ritualistic mourning of those women and Jesus turning and my friend pronouncing such a, a judgment upon them and a nation, my friend, because they had rejected the king. He, he heard all of that. He also noticed that this man he followed, he didn't cuss any of those Romans. He, he didn't try to justify himself. He just had a word for Israel, for those women. Hey, he probably heard the other two because there were two others led with him here. We just read that in Luke. He probably, he was close enough there. He heard behind him, them a cussing and a blaspheming, a roaming and all of that. He heard that. Carrying this cross, hearing the struggling breaths of the darling son of God, up close to him. Look, hey, 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 my soul. And there he is. Oh, goodness gracious. I think about when they got to Calvary and they unloaded the cross of Jesus off of him. The Bible doesn't say so, but I can just imagine him backing up into the crowds. And looking as they took Jesus and laid his arms out and brought down that hammer and nailed that spike right through there. And he heard the groans. 
But Jesus didn't open his mouth. He was a lamb dumb before his shearers. I know this is, well, I know you know about all of this. Your salvation is free, but friend, it's not cheap. It costs Jesus everything. It costs him everything. And Simon, back in the, back in the crowds, hearing that hammer. Oh! The other hand, down he comes, hearing that hammer. Oh! Crossing his feet. Nailing a nail between his the bones and his feet together. Down comes, oh! Simon heard that. His name means one that hears. He backed up further in the crowd, watched him lift that cross. Here in the the Roman soldiers communicate, all right, you tie this rope up here at the top. You, you the other fellow, you, and the, the centurion's telling these four men what to do. So you put the part over there near the hole. You guys help start it up. You pull that rope. Pull it, pull it. As we come up, as we come up, as we come up, he's watching it, he's looking at it, and then letting that cross go into the hole dug for it. And he heard it hit the ground in the hole. Jesus crawling with every joint of his body dislocated. Simon heard. Simon heard. He also heard the mockers. He heard them come by wagging their heads, blaspheming. He heard them make light of him. He heard them Heard the rattle of the dice as they gambled for a garment if he stayed around. I just can't imagine that he ran back to town. This was such a horrific event. I can just imagine that Simon was mesmerized by what was taking place before him. He saved others, let him save himself. If he be the son of God, let him come down. I don't know when Simon left. Maybe he's turning to leave. But he looks back over his shoulders. And that, that man, he may have watched them other two get nailed and them cussing and a kicking and a screaming and a blaspheming as they were laid up. But as he walks away, that man on the middle cross, he opened not his mouth. But then all of a sudden, Simon hears. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Oh, what Simon heard. I'm telling you, he heard that. Oh, my. He didn't expect that. He wasn't looking for that. Oh, my. So, Simon, what'd you hear, Simon? He heard liquid love coming out of the mouth of one hanging on the middle cross. Oh, glory. The sounds he heard. The superscription he read. You see, and I'd mention this, because I preached, what, last year or the year before, the whole week on Calvary. But the, the Romans, they, they put the crimes 
in a plaque and put it around the neck of those that were led forth to be crucified. The thieves had their thief, sedition, murder. But Jesus' plaque, it said, this is Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Amen. And he saw that superscription. The sights he saw. The criminals, the crowds, the crucifixion. Oh my soul. And when he was following Jesus, I was thinking about the sights he saw. Oh my. Preacher. Come help me for a minute. If this is Jesus and on his cross, back, and Simon's back here right behind him, what do you reckon he sees? Every pump of his heart, blood, blood, and they're walking, and he's laboring, and blood. He's walking, he's in the steps, amen, he's close, he's following, he's right here at him, he can see my friend, the blood, the blood, the blood in a struggling Savior as they both are carrying the load, the sights he saw, the sights he saw. Oh my goodness, he witnessed not only that, he witnessed with his eyes them nailing him, them lifting him, and I guarantee you he saw something else that day. He saw about noontime that there was a darkness over all the earth. And it wasn't just at Calvary. It was wherever, and I don't know if he stayed around there or went back to the city, but I guarantee you, his eyes saw, my friend, the darkness, the gloom, the absence of the glory of God that settled on that land. His eyes saw that that day. And I believe also Not only the strange darkness he saw, but he also saw the buildings shaking and quaking and the rocks rending by a friend as the great earthquake hit the time our Lord Jesus gave up the ghost. Simon saw, Simon heard. Then not only the shame he felt, the sounds he heard, the superscription that he read, the sights he saw, but I believe the salvation that he experienced. Now, there's no doubt in my mind that he never got over this experience. And if he'd come all of this way for Passover, he probably was going to stay around for the Feast of Pentecost. And if you read, my friend, on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost fell and they began to speak with other languages, that they were there in that group, Ceridians, amen. And Peter preached the message of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. And no doubt he heard, Simon heard. Simon heard. And did you know this, that they were so... 
A lot of people gathered that day, but you don't hear the names of the captain who said, surely this is the Son of God, or the soldiers, or even the, the, my friend, the, the religious elite that were coming by. You didn't hear their names. Uh, my friend, on this day, you heard about, uh, but hey, Simon is named. And not only is he named, but his sons are named. Now, Mark is the one that told us about who these were. Mark's the one, and, and if you remember, and the mentioning of Simon's name was, a, was it is interesting. No, nobody else was named, only Simon, and no doubt because him and his family at the time of the writing of Mark were well known and respected in the church. Uh, now, Mark wrote his gospel in A.D. 60, 57 to 60 while probably at Rome, and he wrote it about the same time that Paul wrote the book of Romans. And uh, remember, Mark is the one that mentioned uh, Simon's son, uh, two sons. He's the one that mentioned Alexander and Rufus, right? Well, when, when Paul wrote the book of Romans down in the last part of it, Romans 16, 13, he said, Salute Rufus! Chosen in the Lord and his mother and mine. His mother, very possible, was the wife of Simon. And amen. This is probably the same, my friend, they were known in the church. It's very possible also that Simon was one of those from Serene in Acts chapter 11 that preached Christ to the Greeks there. Amen. And let me read that to you. Acts 11 and verse 19. Now, they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Finnish and Cyprus and Antioch preaching the word to none but under the Jews only. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which, hear that? Some of them were of Serene. Was Simon in this group? Very possible. When they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus Christ, and the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. What I'm saying is, my, I'm just... You know, you can go and you can look up a lot of uh, uh, historical references and traditions and all, and I know the Bible is silent, but I'm telling you what, I don't believe uh, that Simon ever got over that day that he come, uh, my friend, to Jerusalem uh, to offer a Passover lamb, uh, and he got to witness, amen, uh, at the great Passover that'll never have to be reproduced uh, or redone uh, for this man having offered himself Amen. Shut down. The work is done. Glory to God. And so I look at Simon and I see my friend. He never got over that. When he went home that day, thinking about all that he's seen that day, all that he heard that day, 
and my friend and staying around the city, all the commotions and all, my friend. And then if he stayed around the city, he would have heard, cause man, this thing wasn't done in a corner. He would have heard, did you hear? Did you hear? Did you hear? They're saying, they're saying now that his disciples came and robbed the tomb of his body. And others are saying, no, he's alive. Hey, he's alive. Oh my, so he heard all that, stayed around there for a while. But my friend, what he experienced when he was so close to the darling son of God that he could hear his heart beat, hear his heart beat and see the blood pulsate. Helping him at every step Jesus make, he'd make. Amen. Oh, my soul. Every step, Simon followed. I don't think he ever got over it. I don't think I would ever have got over it. I don't think, I think if you could have seen it, you would have never got over it. Oh, my soul. And so there's one other little point here, and we'll be done. And that is this. I want you to think about this. The symbolism here. He is compelled to carry the cross. The symbolism of carrying the cross. This thing done something wonderful in the life of Simon. And I believe what took place there demonstrates the true meaning of real discipleship. Remember Jesus said he unto his disciples, any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. And he said, whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Well, there's a lesson here, a symbolism here of Simon. He is, uh, what an example, what a, what a picture, what a type of true discipleship. What do you mean by that? Well, think about it for just a second and I'm almost done. Y'all come on and get ready to sing. I really am almost done. Uh, Shields family, come on back and sing for us something more about Calvary in just a minute. I, I want to end, end with this, the symbolism here of carrying the cross. What, what did this do? What can we learn as we look at Simon helping Jesus bear the load? Number one, what this did and how this applies to discipleship. What happened to Simon that day, it brought Simon into a close proximity. It got him near. And you can't be much a disciple if you don't draw near. I know he was forced, but what happened to him brought him in, brought him close to the Lord close enough to smell him. Unusual. Smell the blood, the sweat, but there's a sweet aroma. Because <laughs> Mary of Bethany had anointed him for the, and that, it was still lingering around. He got close enough to smell him. Amen. <laughs> hey, hey. He got close enough to hear him. And if you're going to be a disciple, you can't do it from afar off. 
Hello. You got to get close. Draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. Oh, yes, what an illustration of discipleship, the closeness. And then I think about as he helped carry the cross, that the cross held Simon in Christ's steps. Yeah, because they're connected to the same beam. Woo, I'm feeling something right here. Connected to the, ha ha. Oh, yes. Hey, hey, As he stepped, then he'd have to step because they connected to the, amen. It's the cross, it's the cross that connects us to the darling son of God and to his service and to his work. It's the cross. And then another thing I thought about, he was linked with Christ's work because that cross was the key to getting me and you out of hell. Woo! And Simon didn't choose him, but man, providence put him right there and he was sharing in it. And I'm telling you what, the picture of discipleship, you and I have been given a ministry of reconciliation. We have a work to do as we're connected to the cross, as we follow the lovely Lord Jesus, hallelujah to God. I'm telling you what, we share in his work of reconciling the world to himself. Amen. Simon of Serenity.